We don't realize how new it feels to them sometimes to know, really, will this take me where I'm hoping it will? But if we can provide confidence and clarity about pathways that get people through to those aspired outcomes, I think it makes a tremendous difference in their level of confidence about making the choice and actually committing to pursuing the education. This is In the Know with ACCT, the voice of community college leaders. I'm Jacob Bray. On this episode of In the Know, ACCT's senior policy analyst, Allison Beard, talks with Dave Clayton, the Strata Education Network's senior vice president for Consumer Insight. Allison and Dave dive into what students actually think about higher education, guided by a recent Strata Consumer Insight survey. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Thank you. Wonderful to be with you. Specifically, we are going to talk about what students really think about higher education. Strata has conducted a consumer insight survey that tells us lots about adults and their goals in their post-secondary education and what some of their motivations and expectations are. And so Dave's going to give us great data from that report, and we're going to talk about how trustees can use that data to uh, better provide education for their adult students. So Dave, can you just describe the report a little bit more um, and tell us why Strata decided to uh, do this survey? Thanks, Allison. You know, it's really a commitment to making sure that we call them education consumers because they're making a choice about how to invest their time, their energy, their resources in education or not. So we've spoken really with all adults ages 18 to 65 nationwide uh, regardless of their education pathways and ask them about their experiences with work and education after high school. So we have people who never completed high school, those who did, those who have some college no degree, those who have vocational, technical, and associate, postgraduate, bachelor's degree. And the goal has really been um, to help us not just talk about people who are seeking education or who have completed education, but talk with them as a key point to how do we engage and serve and meet them where they are and provide the value that they are seeking as a way to improve what we offer through post-secondary education in our nation. I think that's really interesting that you say the surveys focus on people that haven't necessarily participated in post-secondary education yet or they haven't earned their degree. So one piece of data that stuck out to me from your survey was that 120 million adults in the United States do not have a post-secondary degree and 55 million adults without a degree want further education. So what should trustees take away from this data point? Well, and, and those are adults ages 18 to 65, right? So you think of kind of typical working ages. Um, I would ask myself, are we ready? <laughs> are we ready for 55 million new students? And, and the next question was, how likely are you to enroll? And you've got 60 million who say, I'm likely or very likely to enroll in additional courses or training in the next five years. And, and so we worry so much about declining enrollments, but there are people who believe that they need education and who are planning to seek it. And what can we do to meet them where we are and then be ready uh, to deliver what they're seeking and going for? So as a trustee, um, I would really be thinking about that latent opportunity in my community of individuals who think it'll be good for them, they want it to advance in their careers, they even think they're likely to, they're seriously thinking about it. Why aren't they here? And what is it that we can do to make that 
step across our threshold easy for them and and productive once they do make the choice. Right. And do your survey questions get into anything more about why some of these uh, adults who want further education have not yet pursued post-secondary education or haven't completed their degree yet? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, we know that the top motivation for pursuing additional education is a belief that people they want a better career outcome. They want a more fulfilling career. They may want a better financial income. They want to do something they love. But when we asked them, uh, we did a follow-up study, a, a second study. We went in and asked more in-depth questions. We have this national database of 341,000 people. But we went out and we talked to a 1,000 individuals who uh, nationwide, representative of our nation, ages 18 to 45. And we asked them in-depth questions about how, where are you in thinking about additional education? And these were people who were seriously thinking about it or even had a plan but had not yet enrolled and asked them what their motivations for enrolling would be. And really at the top of that um, list of things they were looking for, it's interesting that um, s certainly they want to make more money and earn better pay. 55% of individuals said that was the top reason. but. 51% talked about wanting to do better for my family. And, and some of that discussion is about I want to be a good example, I want to live up to my potential, I want to become my best self, but that desire, they see themselves not just functionally in the economics of it, but also their self-esteem and their sense that they've done what they could and, and made the, you know, bettered themselves as they've gone forward. You're finding around adult um, motivations for post-secondary education being to further their career, um, to advance in their career, reminded me of another survey from Gallup around automation and AI and asking adults if they needed retraining or if they expected to need retraining. And most of them knew about automation and the changing workforce. And they said that they, if they needed training, they expected it to get they expected to get training from their employer. So we know that adults are very focused on this career aspect. How can community college leaders better work with employers to kind of bridge these disconnects between adults wanting learning opportunities and offering it to them in a way that's uh, accessible? Yeah, you know, you're referring to a study that Gallup did with Northeastern University and talked about that automation, that change. And, and certainly in our survey, we asked people, um, you know, how likely they were to enroll and with which partners and the top, the number one place, 33% of the individuals said they would enroll or pursue additional education training through an employer. Um, the number two was community colleges, but number one was through the employer. And then we asked them uh, how, what impact would it have on their enrollment, uh, a number of different things. And the top answer there was, a clear understanding and connection between the education and a career outcome, a wage increase or a job placement or a specific opportunity in the workplace. And so I think really the more clear we can make that connection between you're here in your work skills and abilities and, and talents and with these additional courses or with this additional program, this is the position you will be in. And, you know, so often we leave all of that responsibility on the shoulders of the individual student or learner. And um, 
we don't realize how hungry they are or how new it feels to them sometimes to know really will this take me where I'm hoping it will. So if we can provide confidence and clarity about pathways that get people through to those aspired outcomes, I think it gives them a tremendous, uh, makes a tremendous difference in their level of confidence about making the choice and actually committing to pursuing the education. We think a lot about for students who are motivated to pursue further education and to further their careers that there's still a number of challenges that they face in order to do that. Um, And I know your survey gets into some of these challenges that students are facing or that they think they'll face when they enter post-secondary education. Uh, Can you speak about some of the findings from the survey about these challenges? Yeah, I think is one of the most interesting things. We we started with some focus groups and asked people about their challenges and what they needed to overcome or why they were worried about returning to school. And um, a couple of things came out that we weren't expecting. You know, we often think of childcare and food security and transportation and class schedules and some of those functional things that are real um, for individuals. And those showed up. We certainly saw cost and financial aid and navigating that. But the things that we weren't expecting to see or or perhaps uh, weren't expecting them to be so strong and prevalent amongst this group was the fear and the anxiety that people had, the fear that they've been out of school for too long, the fear that they wouldn't be able to succeed in an academic environment. So even though they believe it will be good for them and it will take them somewhere they want to go. And if they've got all those other functional things figured out, um, there's still a tremendous amount of anxiety that they feel. And it actually leads to um, when we asked people about their experiences, the scarcest things for, for students to feel like they had excellent quality on were career advising and academic advising and applied learning. They felt faculty were committed and caring. They felt like the courses offered were good. Those traditional academic things were good strengths. But when you can add that excellence in advising, um, that changes people's perceptions of whether it's worth the cost and whether it, the whole value equation changes when they start to have that feeling of support and direction and clarity and confidence about getting to where they want to go. So I I think that's, um, you know, we have to remember the emotional part of um, people who are very capable and have lots of talent and skills but still need the encouragement and the clarity and remember that we we can't just leave them uh, at all up to them all the time. Yeah, you mentioned people thinking about if college is worth the cost or worth their time. And your survey has some you know, interesting data about that. One of the things that struck out to me about the results is that more career-oriented programs and associate degrees, uh, people found more value in these than some other post-secondary degrees that were offered. So why do you think that students and learners see more value in these type of degrees? You know, um, I think nationally we and and locally and at kitchen tables around the country, we have discussions about value, and, and often those are discussions about cost. Is it worth the cost? Uh, if I spend this much in the time and the energy and the money, um, will it have the financial benefit? And that's a fairly functional kind of rational discussion of, you know, what's the, the return on my investment, so to speak, or if a taxpayer is investing in, you know, we're investing in supporting it. 
Um, there's another dimension to value that really comes through very strongly, and that is the sense and the belief someone has that their education makes them an attractive candidate to an employer. And we call that career value in addition to the cost value that we traditionally talk about. And what's your point about the different degrees and even programs of study, the more closely aligned an experience is with uh, an applied field. So the individuals who study in the healthcare fields, whether it's an associate degree or a bachelor's degree, are the ones who by far are the most likely to feel like they got it, it's worth the cost and that it makes them an attractive job candidate. Second to that, you start to see engineering at a bachelor's degree. You start to see education comes in third. You see in the healthcare space, you see mechanic in the associate's degree space, you see mechanics and others. So underneath, you know, we, what's going on, <laughs> um, we looked and we see the most, the strongest predictor of somebody saying that their education was worth the cost and was high quality is the degree to which they feel their coursework is relevant to what they do at work and relevant to their lives. And so helping students both understand what they're experiencing and its relevance to their to future work and, and life circumstances, but also making sure that we design experiences and dimensions of the education that are really linked to work. Applied learning, work-based learning, I mean, we, we know the kind of solutions and programs, but those just have tremendous benefit in the eyes of individual consumers. I think your data shows that community colleges are doing a really good job of helping students who complete their degrees and their credentials see value in those degrees and credentials. But another, the other side to your data is that people who stop out, um, those were the groups that see the least value. And we know that for community college students, they don't always go to school in a linear fashion. They stop out, they go back, they stop out, they never go back. So what can colleges do to either re-engage these students or help bring more value to the education that people do complete? Yeah, it, it's um, maybe from a different sector, but something that seems very promising is we've, um, you know, we have data about online programs as well, and we've worked with a number of different institutions that are providing online education. We've reported our results to them. And one thing that they talk about trying to do is give immediate credentials uh, in that first semester, first experience that translate into a credential that's valued and recognized in the workplace and not just telling somebody to do general education you know, for two years and then you'll get something that matters in the workplace. And so I think those early first experiences um, being relevant and tied to something tangible are, are very powerful in terms of people feeling motivated and continuing. So, Dave, we've talked about a lot of different data. What do you see as the top takeaways or the top implications from all this data we've discussed, and what can trustees do with this information as next steps? Well, every campus is different, and uh, every community is different, and we certainly see that. We see uh, differences in demand and interest based on local economies. And certainly you see differences in perceived value and experience in different fields of study. Um, so I, I think 
if I were sitting in that seat, what I would take away from this data is there are a tremendous number of people who feel they need more education who haven't yet participated and, and engaged um, or completed. And so then two things come to mind. One is um, for those who have started at some point and haven't completed a credential or who have completed one and feel the need to upskill or reskill, how do we recognize and make sure they get credit for what they have done so they don't feel like they have to start from zero so they can build upon the success and the experience that they've had? And then two, how can we clearly show them the links between what we have to offer and what they hope to benefit. How does this tie to our local employment opportunities, to our regional economy, to the jobs and the opportunities they will have, that we're aware of those in aspirations they have, and we know what the employers and the economy want, and we can help them get there and, and help them find their passion. Uh, not everybody wants the most popular job, but people want to do things that they're fulfilled by. Um, and then the third thing is really, um, you know, particularly for community colleges, um, it, it's easy to feel under-resourced or, or stretched or pushed, but that emotional component of supporting students and helping them see themselves and see their paths forward, the advising around career opportunities, around academic pathways, um, sometimes we need that encouragement of how to, to, and clarity of understanding of why take the next step? Because it's going to get me somewhere uh, and um, going forward. So I think those are the, the three things that really step out to me. The fourth, uh, the degree to which you can partner with employers uh, is, is tremendously powerful. Uh, wherever you have opportunities to engage directly with employers and bring students into that mix, where you're blending the lines between education and work. Um, those are home runs for people. And my last question is, what are Strata's next steps with the consumer insights work? Will we be seeing more surveys and different sets of information? Yeah, thank you, Allison. Strata has a long-term commitment to helping us all understand how education consumers perceive the value of their education. We're really focused at that, you know, at certificates and certificates and then associate degrees and bachelor's degree, but that basic attainment of a meaningful post-secondary credential. And so absolutely, we're continuing this nationwide surveys about the experiences people have. We're actually in, um, focusing increasingly on those individuals who haven't completed uh, a credential or a degree and trying to understand more about what will help them engage and move forward. You're, you're, group saw a little bit of a preview of some of that today, as well as value. Uh, what are the practices and, and services and experiences we can provide that deliver the value they're seeking? Right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for all of your consumer insight information and share it to our trustees as it gets released. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. We'll include a link to the survey in the description for this episode. If you have ideas for future episodes, don't hesitate to reach out and remember to subscribe so you're notified when we release new episodes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.